Sandy Clough and Sean Trotar. Weekdays at 2 on Mile High Sports. Welcome to the show. You're halfway through your work week already, so congratulations. Pat yourself on the back. I mean, not like a ton. You still have half the week to go, but you know, a little is okay. Little, little, little attaboy or girl there never hurt Danny anybody. Danny just did that. Yeah, good, good. Good for you. Good for you. Well, there's obviously a lot to talk about. The Avalanche will try to take a pivotal Game 5. I don't even have to get into the details we could, but tell you what the odds are for the team winning Game 5 and winning a seven-game series. Pretty good. It's pretty good. When pretty good. A tie a two, 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 two scenario. So we'll yeah. get into that. We'll also get into, of course, the Nuggets knocking off the Timberwolves, finishing the job, as Sandy suggested. We'll do that with uh, Miley Sports' Ryan Blackburn, who will also take us uh, a little bit forward towards the series with the Suns, which will happen on Saturday, the exact game time we don't know. I, the bubble was his own entity mm-hmm. <laughs> with all of the uh, – thrills and spills and unusual circumstances attendant to it. I can't say that going back maybe as far as 09 when the Nuggets played the Lakers for the Western Conference yeah. title that I've looked forward to a playoff series any more than I'm looking forward to this one between Denver and Phoenix. I agree. It's I, I think it's the most anticipated since and that that includes the fact that in the bubble they were in the Western Conference Finals. But the, I agree with you. I think that this is actually uh, the biggest series since then. And, uh, you know, I've seen people nationally say, oh, well, this is the real Western Conference Finals, which I've kind of shaken my head. I'm like, well, have you been watching? The other two teams are likely to be the Lakers and the Warriors. Let's, or the Kings. Or the Kings, which obviously if they knock you know knock off the Warriors, then, then it That looks like a home too. court series to me. And I know Fox has, has the broken finger, but uh, – well, he had the broken finger in the latter half yeah, of that yes, game. And it didn't he, stop he him scoring 38. Good. Yeah, he was pretty good. And uh, the hometown crowd has a way of uh, pumping adrenaline through the system that makes you forget that the tip of your finger hurts. Oh, and Golden and State's terrible protected. on the road. And, and Golden that. State gives games away on the road all the time. For so, some, some uh, to me, that's a toss-up series. That, that That's a 50-50 series uh, to me. Uh, obviously, Golden State needs to break through on the road. Sacramento, of course, does not need to break through on the road. Uh, just keep winning at home, and they'll win the series. So the Nuggets will play at, at, at some point. It is a uh, TBD start, but it will start on Saturday before the right. uh, while other first-round series might be going on. If you believe the uh, folks at ESPN and their analytics and the matchup, at least for Game 1, they have the Nuggets with a 63% chance of winning. I don't buy that for a second, but we'll find out and break it down with Blackburn yeah, that, later. Yeah, that sounds heavy to me. Wow, way heavy that sounds to, heavy me. to me. I'm in, I'm in the 55 to 45 range, I guess, uh, you know, give or take a few percentage points. I, I mean, the Nuggets have to be favored. I, I, I understand that. But there, there's a lot of intrigue in this matchup. And you know something? This is one series where I could see uh, road teams winning multiple games. We will find out, obviously, uh, soon enough. We'll break that down over the week. And and as the show uh, comes along, of course, the uh, NFL draft tomorrow begins as well. The Broncos will not be involved in the first day. I'm not really telling you any secrets, but they're not going to trade into the first round. So they won't be involved until Friday. You mean they're not? No. I'm doing all this studying for nothing? (laughs) Yeah, have you been worried about the... If you've been worried about the top, say, f- uh, 50 guys picked, yeah, don't, you're wasting your time. I'm wasting my time. <laughs> no need to uh, break There, there are some intriguing stories, which there we are. may or may not get into today. And if we don't, we may get into tomorrow. Sure. I'm kind of interested in how the quarterbacks fall. Me too. And I'm interested to see what Houston does in number 
two. Everyone is. Uh, after, obviously, Carolina's going to pick Bryce Young. Because they're crazy. Because uh, there, there are a lot of things going on. And uh, many of the things going on consist of uh, lying, misdirection, sandbagging, however you want to term it. And uh, I think that, uh, to coin an expression, the big lie is that C.J. Stroud is going to drop out of the top ten. Oh, yeah, forget I that. I don't believe that no for way. a second. No way. There's no chance. I don't care what his S2 no cognition no. score no might or might not be. Eventually, people take a look at, you know, um, you know what a guy did on the field. That's just the way it is. And they, really? Well, yeah. They, 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 they actually get around to that. They You're do. telling me. Yeah. Okay. So it's, uh, <laughs> we'll find out how all that shakes out as well. But I, I want to start with the story that, that you and I had uh, talked about a little bit yesterday, and we had an opportunity to talk with Zach Seekers from Miley Sports. If you missed any part of that, you can go to MileySports.com or the, the free app and download it. An interesting discussion yesterday with Zach. And, and the... The complaints by players on social media who have transferred away from the University of Colorado, this is the the flip side of Deion Sanders being able to command the attention that he does. I mean, CU's spring game uh, bumped Georgia, the back-to-back defending champs, down to ESPN2 and drew 47,000 people. And we know there was only one reason for that. Correct. And it was quite simply with Sanders. Sanders gets uh, the attention. So now when you have a, a situation where you see players transfer out, and it's a lot of players transferring out, many of the players have complained about essentially being uh, asked to to leave. And there is a bit of a he said, he said, and a bit of a, a story building behind it in part. And, and as you pointed out yesterday, a bit of a semantic snare to an extent here. i think there are some semantics and uh, i think there are some some things that are worth being addressed but it was interesting today uh sanders joined the pat mcafee show to talk a little bit about uh, various things and there was a long uh, a wide-ranging discussion about some other things too and uh, you can you, you can check it out obviously on uh, mcafee's uh, website and youtube and everything but the wanted to give you a couple little back and forths here because one was specifically asked by McAfee about the transfer portal, players coming out and players moving in, and uh, give Pat McAfee a lot of credit. He can be abrasive, he can be raw, but he certainly can get well, good for him guys in his mindset, ask it, and get a genuine answer. Here's that exchange. There's 41 dudes in the... Hold on, hold on though. So we have a bonus content. We have a bonus content clip from season one of Coach Prime on Prime. And this is actual clip from Coach talking to his players the first day he's in the building, man to man though, right? This isn't like texting or heard this or email. This is Coach Prime on season one bonus content talking to the Colorado Buffalo football team for the first time, man to man. Well, my job is to replace every last one of y'all. Your job is to let me not do that. Fourth and one, who in here that we know getting it? Ain't nobody flinched. He could be in here, but if he don't want to say nothing, that means he ain't a dude. Those of you that we don't run off, we're going to try to make it quick. A couple of y'all already on there going to be gone list. So I hope that's not you. I hope that's not you. I hope that's not you. But the way it look, I, I can tell who it is. And I'm just mean y'all. 
Hilarious. All of that, very true and hilarious. It seems like now that people are transferring, though, everybody's trying to spin it like, oh, is it working? Is it working? This has been the plan all along, I assume. No hard feelings. You just got to build something there. That's what you were hired to do. Man, you, you know what's so funny about this? And I'm trying to choose my words because I'm a head coach, and I can't just say what I feel. <laughs> Usually I do. Respect. But people got to be crazy to think this just happens. It don't just happen. You make it happen. <laughs> you 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 know what you want. I don't pull up through a drive. I, I can't stand people who pull up through a drive-thru and don't know what they want. Before I get there, I know what I want. <laughs> Smart. <laughs> right? I'm not, I'm not just making this stuff up as we go. We know what we want. And and I don't concede, man. I I, I don't settle. I know what I want and I know I'm, what I'm gonna get. Did, we don't settle. Didn't think you'd be hearing about Deion Sanders going through a, a, a drive-thru, but actually kind of relatable, to be honest. I think everyone hates that when you're trying to get your coffee or your donuts or whatever. Uh, I, I, I get the point. And again, there is some, some semantic here. You heard him from the clip on the show talking about how, you know, his job is to try to make you quit. In other words, again, we're getting into semantic discussion. He wants this program to have a certain set of standards, and he wants to see if you're going to rise to meet them or not. And, and maybe that's your style of coaching, and maybe it's not. But the way it's laid out, I understand, I guess, why some people are bothered by it. And at the same time, I guess I look at it and think, I'm really not bothered by it. It is different. It is maybe not the way if I were the head coach of the team, I would address it. But I don't inherently see anything wrong with it, nor do I think it's disrespectful. I think what the kids are saying is, I don't want to quit. Now, Deion Sanders said, well, I'll make him quit. Well, if a guy says, okay, but I want to be here, and I, I understand I'm not going to have a job handed to me. I played on a 111 team. I don't care who I am. I don't expect to have a job handed to me. But I expect to have the chance to compete for that job, and I'm being given the impression that that won't even be the case. And, you know, I did start, and I did put up some numbers, and I – want to stay and I think I can help this team win and if I can't that's okay just let me compete and through that competition if I feel like quitting if Deion Sanders has made me quit so be it so be it but I want the chance and running people off can take different forms any player, any student athlete with any sophistication knows that when a new coach comes in under these particular circumstances and takes over a Power 5 program that by acclamation was the worst Power 5 program in all of major college football in 2022, that there are going to be changes. A certain number of people I don't know, of those who have transferred, let's put the number at 75 80%. They were going to be gone anyway, one way or the other. Maybe it's closer to 90%. But the receiver, who was a big part of the spring game, mm -hmm. who all of a sudden track, yep. on Monday announces he's leaving, 
why would he leave on his own accord, of his own accord, 24 to 48 hours after he's had a scintillating spring game that everybody took note of, including Deion Sanders? Yes. Well, interestingly. Why would he leave? It's funny you mentioned that because Sanders actually, later in the program with McAfee, potentially addressed exactly that. Yeah, I think you're going to be able to do it. Travis Hunter, Yeah, I mean, he could go now anywhere. Yeah, mm-hmm. either, either, either. Kermani McClain, the guy that we got coming to uh, from Florida as well, he, he he's a dog. I can't wait to see him get on the field. Um, I, shoot, we got some guys coming in. When, when, when the guys, when we release the list of guys that we already got coming in, <laughs> then everybody's gonna say, "Okay, when, when, now, oh, and when's oh, that now I see what he's doing. I, I see now. I now I understand." <laughs> there for a moment, I was confused. But um, yeah. Scott, when's the list? Me. When's the list coming out? Well, soon. very soon. That's the part. Soon, right? And uh, of, of course, he's gonna say soon. And, and if you want to look at it and say uh, that's just him posturing. Uh, that's totally fair. That's that's fine. That's basically your your opinion, and maybe there's something to that. But the this is sort of why you could see it happen because there is more windows in the transfer portal. There are more scholarships that that are available. But quite frankly, they may know behind the scenes that they have to free some up. And again, the, it, it's it can be cold. And it's a cold part of the business for sure. But I, I guess I'll put it to you this way. And maybe this is, uh, and I'd, I'd love to, wait. I'll, I'll word it this way and then let, let you just bounce with it. If you know that you have, behind the scenes, you know that you're already likely to obtain multiple players through the transfer portal that will be better than the ones you have and you know you need to free up scholarships for them. I can see a scenario in which even a player like Lamonius Craig, who was the best receiver last year for the Buffs and looked good, and not only did it seem to have a, a, a connection with Shitter Sanders, but Sanders talked about the connection that they'd had as well. And I should have said Shadir Sanders. Extolled yes, the virtues. Right, yeah, quarterback Shadir did, The yes. wide receiver, not Dion right. specifically. Although... I, I can't imagine that Shadir Sanders would have a favorable impression and his father would have a totally unfavorable impression. Right. The same player, especially a wide receiver. As as much as Deanna said he trusts his son, I assume he trusts his judgment. And and the guy showed out well and he was one of the reasons that people were excited about watching the spring game. Right. You were up there. I you was. know better than I do. Yeah. I, I don't think the crowd went silent when this guy got a pass. No, he and looked said, great. Well, well, this guy looks like he's on the way out just because he was the number one receiver on the team last year. So I, I'm just, he doesn't really address the issue except to say, wait till you see what I'm bringing, bringing in soon. And my point yesterday remains my point today. This puts additional pressure on them, and I mean the collective them, not just on Coach Prime, not 
just on his son, the quarterback, not just on the team in general, not just on Rick George, on all of them to view six wins almost completely now as a floor, not a ceiling, not for 2023 even. And that may be difficult. That six wins is now the floor. And if you win five or fewer, it's a failed first year. And I don't know that it's in their best interest. I'm talking about Dion's best interest. I'm talking about their best interest to have the pressure of six-plus wins as the expectation. I don't. I think probably the floor would be four, five. I don't think the floor is four or five anymore. I think the floor is six now. There are certainly going to be expectations. And the ceiling's probably... Eight or nine. Ooh. And, Ooh. I, and you don't have to hit the ceiling. Yeah. But now there is pressure to hit that floor. I'm not saying they can't do it. I'm not saying they won't do it. I'm just saying that becomes the floor, not the ceiling. And when we were talking maybe a couple weeks ago, mm-hmm. certainly a couple months ago, anybody would have said, oh, six wins, that'd be great. That That'd be great. Now six wins becomes the expectation. It isn't great if you get the six. That's what you are supposed to do, given all this talk about how you're replacing. And I, uh, listen, I, I got this saying from Doug Moe, and I've used it very often down through the years. Even bad teams have best players. It doesn't mean they're players worth keeping. Doug said that during the 1986-87 season when the Nuggets lost Calvin Natt on opening night for the year. And for some portions of that year, Daryl Walker appeared in many ways to be their best player. Better than Alex English, better than anybody. Not, Not necessarily all year, but during portions of the year. And Doug, who didn't share many views with Hubie Brown, agreed with Hubie on Daryl Walker, much to Hubie's delight when I explained to Hubie that Doug didn't think much more of Daryl Walker than Hubie did as a player. And that was the origin of Doug's line, even bad teams, which the Nuggets were in 86-87 at best players. That guys who scored 20 points a game on bad teams. Doesn't mean very much. I get that. But he is virtually promising now better than the best of what they had last year, the most promising of what they had last year, guys who had nothing to do with going 1-11. And if they'd been surrounded by any talent at all, the team wouldn't have been 1-11. They were good players, and now he's uh, run them off, which is his prerogative, obviously, but he's virtually promised better players, and to me, better players wins. Now you've got to win at least six games. Not as many as six, at least six. Well, it's possible that help is clearly on the way because uh, news about transfers big enough to uh, make the front page of ESPN.com may be headed Colorado's way. I'll explain more next on My Life Sports.
Sandy Clough and Chandro Tar, presented by Superbook Sports. Download the Superbook app and start winning today at Superbook.com. Here's Sean and Sandy. Talking about the, this is a firestorm, the continued buzz around the University of Colorado football program under Deion Sanders, appearing on the Pat McAfee show today as a sort of local Newspapers then were picked up sort of nationally about players who were frustrated with uh, with the transferring out and feel that they were pushed out. And uh, like we've talked about, some semantics involved in that. But one of the big stories today, the uh, AAC Rookie of the Year, Alton McCaskill, the fourth, a terrific running back out of the University of Houston, uh, led all freshmen rushing touchdowns, 16 rushing touchdowns, 961 yards, um, had an extraordinary year. Dana Holgerson, the head coach there, uh, told Houston on Tuesday, told the television station in Houston, I appreciate everything he's done for us. It's a sad day. I was a little shocked because the kid had a good spring, and then sudden, boom, it's over. Well, he is universally expected to transfer to the University of Colorado. Right, and he's better than any running back they have. And coming with him or yeah. so, they're starting left tackle Cameron Johnson, sophomore, right. uh, big uh, tackle coming over Better than as any well. offensive lineman they have. Expected immediately. Understood. So, yeah, it... it but it, this is but such a fascinating. They were going to do that anyway, and that 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 it, it's. I I guess I'm talking more about the wide receivers here. Okay. I I, I don't have any problem. In fact, that that been a big story how Houston was shocked that this kid was leaving, and the fact that he's coming here is not surprising. It's surprising that he left Houston, but that then once you're over that, he would come here. That's not surprising, I, right. and I willingly acknowledge that he's better than any running back they had last year or have at the present time. He'll be the starting running back. Great. Starting left tackle. Probably better than any offensive lineman they had last year. Almost certainly a terrible offensive line last year. So, uh, yes, he's bringing in a lot of offensive talent. And I myself, we talked about it during the break, I myself have told people who are a little skeptical, well, are – the Buffs going to be able to stop anybody? I said, no one in the Pac-12 is able to stop anybody. <laughs> You're not wrong. So, it, but somebody has got to be on the short end of 45 to 40. You're not always necessarily, because you have a lot of offensive talent, going to be on the long end of 45 mm-hmm. to 40. It's true. So, you know, it's it, it's reasonable to ask. Uh, I think it might be a bit of a flippant response just to say, well, nobody in the Pac-12 plays any defense. Well, it's hard for me. I know about the two young corners, and I know Hunter is probably going to play more corner than he is wide receiver. Uh, Maybe. Uh, Maybe. You know, McLean, obviously. I mean, uh, Deion says he'll go both ways, but he's not going to play every play on offense or defense. Not going to play every play. I think he'll play most of the time on defense, don't you? I am not sure. Don't they need him more? He played. He played both on Saturday. Uh, yeah. it, it it depends. I mean, he looked like their best wide receiver. Uh, he looked better than Lamonius Craig. They, they he was had his, uh, the ability to create space was obvious. The hands were good. Um, I don't know. Now remember that they did also bring Jimmy Horn Jr. from Jackson State to um, to Colorado. So that's another one of the guys that that transfers as well. Yeah. So. There, there is talent there. I mean, he had 959 yards uh, last year. But uh, otherwise, yeah, you know, it's, it's a lot of, at the moment, it's a lot of freshmen. And 
we will kind of see what what transfers are there. But there's there's a lot of of talent there, and we'll kind of find. I, at the moment, I would say you'd probably be looking at the moment. We know there's more transfers to come. At probably Horn and Hunter as being your top two wide receivers. I think Hunter may be more of a wide receiver than a corner at okay, first. Okay, but then, but I think it is. Then they don't have the two best young corners anymore. If Hunter, yeah, it's it's them. difficult to say right so now. So that, that this is where I I I think you you may be skirting the line. Because you're talking about Hunter, and if you're right, and I have no reason to dispute you, that he's going to be used more on offense than he is on defense, then some of the defensive projections have to be altered. Yes. And, again, if every game is 45-40, to you're going to lose some of them. And I I could be wrong about that because I, I think, would it be fair to say, you think, Sandy, that it is easier to find a a top tier wide receiver or a shutdown corner. I think it's easier to find a receiver. I trust when it certainly when it comes to cornerbacks, I trust the judgment of Deion. And that's why that's why I think that you know, I, I think there's a possibility in the in the spring game they, they're trying to put on a show. You put your first team offense against your second team defense. You let Shadur Sanders and Travis Hunter light some of the lesser guys up. And that, and that's what you saw. It would not shock me if he was playing more cornerback. If it was me, that makes more sense, especially given his size at, a, at a roughly it, it, it 165 me, pounds. I, I'll, I'll concede. I that think, he, but I think you can get that's his area receivers. of expertise, right? And um, uh, you know, <laughs> they didn't have a quarterback last year. Correct. So no wide receiver was going to look good here, even the talented ones. Mm-hmm. No one was going to put up any numbers. They didn't have any. Buddy to throw on the ball. Receiver's that. a dependent position. Sure it is. They have a quarterback now. Mm-hmm. And my point is, yeah, the guys he's bringing in played with that quarterback in some cases. Played at, with that at quarterback least in Hunter already. And, and Horn's case, yes. Right. They already played with him. Now, it's a different level, but he seems to be it's a different level perfectly for suitable and, yeah. for, for, for this type of plan. Assume uh, the two wide receivers are two. But I would still not dismiss, as they apparently have, the idea that the wide receivers, one or two maybe, could compete for positions, not starting positions, but positions on this team somewhere, somehow. Even in college now. Perhaps especially in college. You need three or four of them. And we're really, I mean. In, Not two. You need three or four. And what we're really talking about, and I think this is where the challenge is, too, when looking at this for, for Colorado. And and maybe I'm just speaking for me here, Sandy. But what we're really talking about is Lamonius Craig, a, a guy that had accomplished some things at, at this level and was their top receiver. That, that even caused and, and, you to raise yeah, and your eyebrows. Yes, it did. And, and, that, and But I also look at it, and I look at the, the players that are transferring out and even being up there this week, uh, weekend and really needing to pay uh, pay attention to that. Uh, that's that's the only one, with the exception, by the way, also um, this morning, uh, Yusef Mugarbil of, of, uh, is also transferring away, a, a, a was a four-star lineman. Those are the two that I look at and think, mm-hmm. 
maybe they could have contributed on this team. But I think it's important to know that when you're looking at the rest of the players, I don't know if you had any significant contributors there. And, and the nature of the transfer portal, and this is where I think it's easy to, to kind of get the, the, the signal lost in the noise. The nature of the transfer portal happens all the time. If you're McAllister transferring away from Houston, I guarantee you in Houston, we, we've heard it. They're like, why did that happen? Why would you want to leave to go to another team? At certain times, you know, maybe whatever for whatever reason, Lamonius Craig decided that's he just doesn't want to be here anymore for whatever reason. And that can be part of the case, too. But I think when you're looking at all the transfers... He's not on the out, record one way or the other in no, that respect. No, and He, he wasn't one of there the guys wasn't anything on social media Scott. that was No, and complaining or anything else. Just decided to hit the window. And uh, maybe he was realized, maybe saw some of the writing on the wall or decided it was time to move. Showed out in a nationally televised spring game and thought, if I'm going to jump, this is the best opportunity I'm going to have to maybe, do. Maybe. Maybe. And... But, uh, again... It, it, but you, it, you look the, at a the, couple of the top guys transferring out doesn't necessarily mean there's an exodus of talent. No, I, I'm not saying there is. It's a 111 team. Right. I, I get that. I'm just saying that the claims of these kids weren't simply that they were run off, was that they were basically told, even when they suggested they wanted to compete, they didn't take anything for granted. They didn't expect anything to be given to them. They were told, no, you're gone. Merely by having been associated with the team last year, you talk about guilt by association, you're telling me that no one on the entire roster last year is fit to even compete for a job. I know most of these guys wouldn't have played this year and are better off transferring if they had a scintilla of doubt about their position and weren't prepared to buy completely into what the system now is and what the competitive landscape now is. I get it, and that applies, I'm sure, to a vast majority of the players. I never for a second argued yesterday that most of these guys shouldn't have transferred or shouldn't have been forced out. I did say that there were two or three players or stories told that conflicted with CU's version of events, which was that every single one of them transferred of their own volition. And that seemed like a stretch if not an outright I, lie, I do think there's the given the there, testimony yeah. of the kids. And it, some of it is semantics, but there's a pretty big gulf between saying they all left completely of their own volition and the kids saying, I didn't want to leave at all. I wanted to compete for my spot. Now, here's my, here, let, me, let me ask you a question. That's a big gulf. It, it that isn't be. just semantics. But here's here's a question that I would that I would ask about that. Because you were on the team last year, are you owed the opportunity to complete to compete if the coaching staff not has, in every has, case. has decided you're not going to be good enough? We don't want to to for all with all due respect, no. waste snaps on someone that we know isn't going to be able to to contribute. Uh, that, that, and that's part of my challenge here. I get the frustration. I get that they're kids. I I get that the kids and their parents are upset. But why lie about it? 
why not say we were one and eleven last year? It seems harsh, but everybody who started last year is out. Forget about the guys in reserve roles. They're gone. But Deion Sanders, even in that little clip played on the McAfee show, Mm -hmm. said we will make them quit. Okay, but he didn't give them a chance to quit. He told them, get out. And there was no difference between a second and third string player and a guy who started every game and produced, even for a 111 team, numbers that would suggest at least he might compete for a spot on the team. I'm not saying a starting spot. A spot on the team. More than 22 players on the team. Mm-hmm. Sure. There are a lot more than 22 players on the team. And he's t- or he, he's not directly, and that's his position of plausible deniability. I didn't run him off. Well, no. Their position coaches did at his behest. You really think the wide receivers coach is telling a guy to leave and there's no rejoinder to that. Mm -hmm. I want to leave. I'm prepared to compete for my spot on the team. And the guy says anything other than no, I mean, you're going to leave. And that doesn't come from Deion Sanders. I just don't understand why there should be semantics involved. He's a perfectly blunt, articulate guy, and he danced around every one of those issues in that interview with McAfee. McAfee asked the right questions, and, you know, they got some laughs, but he didn't directly address any of it. He didn't deny any of it, but the other day he said, maybe in a moment of frustration, maybe he's defensive about it, I think he's more defensive about it than he lets on. Oh, yeah, I agree with that. He said, oh, no, they all left on their own. Not a one of them was told to leave. That seems to be, I'm sorry. Well, yeah, he he didn't say say they weren't told to leave. And that's where the semantics come in. But but I I guess. Well, no, he he said they left on their own. Right. Every single one of them. And the quotes in I mean, the they, story they by left, Keeler yes, yesterday. Yes. They left on their own because they that. were told you should leave. Right. No, I, I get that. And that's what happening. I get it. It's it's semantics. But Sanders is hardly the only coach that uh, that will traffic in I that. mean, all of us in our business have been fired. We were told, when you're fired, you're told to leave. Right. You don't have an option of saying, well, I, I'd be glad to, uh, you know, do an audition or right. or compete against the person replacing me for my job. I've been fired before. I know it, it, it isn't. Uh, I, in effect, been traded before. In my radio history <laughs> here in Denver, I've been traded before. But there's nothing that happens because I want it to happen or feel just as good about it happening. Later on, I may look back on it and say it was the best thing that happened. And maybe, hopefully, these kids will, too. They'll hook on somewhere. They'll get a chance to play for somebody. And I, I feel particularly sorry for the kid who was basically told to leave at Nebraska under a coach who isn't there anymore right. now. 
and then comes here, and there's a coaching change, and he is again, much as he was at Nebraska, ordered to leave. We will see how this continues to go. Of course, uh, we'll find out what Dion meant with the list is uh, soon. By the way, my, my mistake, I, I talked about Jimmy Horn being a transfer from Jackson. Not true. South Florida, uh, Jimmy Horn transferred from. But the uh, this situation, obviously, is is fluid. I, I don't know. I, I, I get your point, Sandy. At the same time, I I, I think there's, there's a bit of a mountain out of a molehill. And what we've seen here is so unprecedented. Just don't see one. You don't see one-win teams all of a sudden be able to compete in a transfer portal or in recruiting with teams that are often in the top 25. And so uh, it, it is I, I'm it just is saying chaotic. they have moved up the timetable now. Yeah. They they should be well, a top 25 team this year. Now. This year? Oh, no. From what he's talking, uh, the way he's talking, they should be. They need to make a bowl. They need to make a bowl. They need to win six. Okay. Top 25 happens in 2024. The more he talks, the more he sounds like a guy who's – Teams should be in the top 25. I'm sorry. They should be one of the two or three three best teams in the Pac-12. From what he's talking, and I'm suspicious of so many new players going from one win to eight wins, yes. nine wins. I think that's unlikely. I think and that's six a is, top 25 level. Yeah, I think six. One is to six would be mm-hmm. plenty, but one to six, six now the floor. Six is now the floor. Yeah. I Not agree the ceiling that. anymore. I agree, and I think that's that's where it has been. It will be interesting to find out. Of course, uh, there is uh, a lot of things we've talked about. You know, part of being in in this is uh, serving the community. There's a cool event coming up for the community, and we'll have an opportunity to talk to Mark Metter about it in studio. We will do that next on Miley Sports. Sandy Clough and Sean Trotar, weekdays at 2 on Mile High Sports. We've talked about this before on this show. Part of doing Sports Talk Radio is, is supporting your community and understanding when things are important and things are valuable and uh, when they overlap with sports, so much the better. And so we're happy to be joined by our next guest, uh, Mark, Mike Metter. And Mike, uh, you are uh, the founder and CEO of, of the Metter Foundation and working with uh, some local charities. And you've run a golf tournament, the Metter's Masters, mm-hmm. for years. Uh, we had a, a team of um, uh, our own. Nate Lundy was was on it. Actually did pretty well a couple uh, years ago. Uh, yeah, that's because uh, they were wise enough not to pick me in their foursome. So an opportunity uh, there to, to tie a little bit of uh, the, the golf into it. But uh, while I think people might be familiar with, with some of that charity, uh, would you be able to tell people a little bit of, of where that foundation came from and, and what it supports? Sure, sure. Um, first of all, thanks for having me. Um, I know, obviously, uh, you guys need to fill airtime, and you don't you don't have you don't have much to talk about right now with uh, not really. I mean, just the playoffs, yeah, and uh, NFL the, draft, the draft, and, and, yeah, it's just yeah. Scared me to death and for two seconds. Uh, just an aside, I had you on before I drove in here. I thought Dion was here. <laughs> and I was nervous. I was nervous to meet you, Sandy, but oh. I, know, I know Sean, but you throw Dion in the mix and yeah. that's a different story. So no. anyway, no, he, was, he, he was not here, although uh, his voice was part of our. Yes. Program. Yes. It certainly sounded like it. Yeah. So, um, well, I do appreciate you guys having me again. Um, 
the Metters Masters Foundation, something my wife and I founded. Um, this is now our 11th year. Um, we are a grassroots organization. We are a 501c3. Um, we're up in Erie, and we have a simple mission, and that is to make our community a better place. Um, and the way we do that is we have 12 board volunteers. They are dedicated, very passionate individuals. Um, so myself, my wife, and uh, 10 other people that uh, have all come forward uh, over the years to join us. But we have put on now 10 different golf tournaments and two concerts over the last 10 years. And uh, we have raised just north of $300,000 that we have uh, that we've donated back directly into the community. And last year was um, with the fires, especially we were able to uh, donate almost uh, $80,000 back, which helping uninsured, you know, fire victims was, we went to work. I think we had a zoom board meeting the next morning at like seven 30 to determine how we were going to try to help. Um, And our sponsors um, who, we have some great sponsors that uh, jumped right in to help us kickstart that, and um, we were really able to uh, to do some good. This is very much a year-round endeavor. It is like a second Full job time. for sure. Yeah. Full time. Yeah. So between uh, between this and my real job, it's uh, <laughs> it's a lot. So, but it's a labor of love, and and again, with you know, I couldn't do it without the the help of of our board and and uh, some very good friends of mine, and again with our sponsors and. Uh, they, they just, they turn up when we need them to, for sure. One of the things I've, I've been impressed with that, that, that you supported a lot, and, and obviously, you know, we've talked a, a bit about the, the challenges with, uh, with, with, with children, with, with kids that are at high school and college and that are at risk. And one of the, the partners you've had for a long time is the Rise Against Suicide a yeah. nonprofit. And a lot of the support has gone to that. Uh, what was the genesis of that? So, I mean, obviously, kids even before COVID were under a lot of stress. I mean, with social media being what it is, and and you know, younger kids not being. And I have teenage boys. I mean, how do you equip a teenager to deal with with that kind of thing? And so, a lot of kids. And then you throw COVID in it, where they're all of a sudden not in school, not being social. Um, it's it's tough. And um, we became close with uh, Jenna uh, from Rise Against. Um, through actually our former president, Chris Jensen. And um, we all sat down and decided that uh, that we needed to step in and, and really focus on raising money for them. Um, they're a 501c3 as well. Um, but, you know, anytime we can help save a kid, and that's the way we frame it is, is you know, that one last dollar might be the dollar that uh, that saves a kid. And, um, and we've had, you know, suicide close to, to our family recently which is it's a terrible terrible thing to see a young man take his life it is and uh, i've unfortunately had that personal experience uh, myself with my son and uh it uh puts a hole in your heart but you're making efforts to fill a lot of holes we're trying we really are the uh MettersMasters.org is the website. You can donate directly there and find out more about the organization. But you also have an opportunity uh, to, to go do something really, really fun up in the Boulder Theater. Uh, a terrific concert is coming up in just uh, mm-hmm. a couple of weeks. Uh, we had an opportunity to see them. In fact, you and I were at the, the Make-A-Wish uh, Charity Foundation, last uh, the, their, their gala last week. And uh, this very terrific band uh, donated their time there. And they're doing it again in case you missed out on a, a very popular and up-and-coming uh, terrific, terrific band. Absolutely. So um, Shane Smith and the Saints, 
who, if you watch Yellowstone, you know who they are. Um, they, uh, they're they in very up-and-coming, very popular band. They sold Red Rocks out in, I think, six and a half hours um, when they opened the schedule here um, a few months back. So we're excited to have them. They've been great. It was nice to meet them. Um, we were at the yeah. Make-A-Wish show, and afterwards, um, they're excited to come and uh, – play for us the night before they play red rocks which i know they're really fired up to play red rocks who wouldn't be but um yeah so there are tickets available um we are um directly sponsoring so i'm an erie high school alumni um i grew up in erie still live in erie and um, 25 dollars from every ticket that we sell um will go to directly to the booster club for uh for the erie high school um the tigers i i I don't live there obviously but i've always thought of Erie, Colorado, as one of those towns that represents the best of Colorado. If, if you're asking uh, the question, you don't live around here, well, what is Colorado like? You point to a place like Erie, that's what Colorado's like. I would uh, I would certainly tend to agree. I'm, uh, I've, I've said it before. I love that town. It's my hometown. You know, I, I grew up there, and uh, I'm, I'm – passionate about helping the the school and um we made a, a nice donation to the food bank this year obviously the you know with inflation and, oh, and, and food prices yes. are off the charts so we really made an effort there to uh you know just to help people and, and again that just goes back to our mission is it's it seems simple but when you dive in there's a lot of there's a lot of folks and a lot of other organizations that uh, that need help if you want to go ahead and, and look at those tickets, you can go again to mettersmasters.org. That's M-E-A-D-O-R-S, masters.org. You can get the tickets there. They are available. There's also a way to donate to the uh, Erie High School Booster Club uh, immediately when you buy your tickets. And if you go with friends and you, you're getting four of them, you actually save $100 if you buy all four together with the 25 from each ticket still going to the charity. So uh, check them out. Uh, Shane Smith and the Saints are a really, really talented band that they cross the Across a lot of genres, yes, um, they're, yes. they're really a. Ter- and when we had a chance to meet them last week, uh, terrific people, and obviously, you know, when they, they're not from Colorado. No, uh, come in to, to do the donate their time with one charity, and then come back to don- donate their time for another charity. You know, you're talking about some uh, some good people. On top of that, uh, the guests will be full belly. That's on Monday, May eighth, up at the Boulder Theater, so you can check that out. Uh, make sure you do, and also, of course, you still have the the, the golf tournament coming this fall. That's correct. Um, we've got. Um, sorry, my phone's ringing. I shouldn't have it in here. Um, the Metters Masters 11, uh, Todd Creek Golf Course on our golf Love club, Todd. September 23rd. So, so a bunch of different ways to donate and participate. You can go check out the concert. You can go see if you can sign yourself up for the golf tournament this fall, or you can simply go to mettersmasters.org, mettersmasters.org. That's M-E-A-D-O-R-S masters.org simply to donate if you want to help with everything they're doing locally around here mike uh, terrific charity terrific work and uh, obviously this is this is uh, a, a labor of love and not some spin-off from a giant company i mean this is something that that you and and family and friends decided you wanted to do in this community and uh, that's extraordinarily impressive thank you it's uh like I said, it's a labor of love, but uh, it's it's very fulfilling, and to be able to give back to my community is uh, something that I'm passionate about, and uh, I really appreciate you guys having me here. Honor to meet you. Yeah, it's an honor to meet you, sir. <laughs> it's, it's always funny when you run into people come in and the same thing. They're like, wow, it's Sandy, and I'm like, ah, I, I'm here. It's okay. <laughs> 
Hey, it's okay. This being Robin to Sandy's Batman is not the worst thing in the world. I'll tell you that. I'll tell you that. I'll tell you that much. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. That's probably why I was more excited to meet you. But make sure you check it out. Mettersmasters.org. M-E-A-D-O-R-S Masters.org. The terrific concert with Shane Smith the Saints. Twelve days from now. Go ahead and get your tickets there. And while you're there, you can also get ready for that golf tournament. Or like you said. Just donate, check it out, and see all the, the work that they've done, not only locally, but uh, also in Houston when Hurricane Harvey hit. Over in, in Nicaragua, there's villages that have been uh, stricken with with natural disasters as well. So, I mean, it's, uh, it, it's far-reaching stuff, but it is ground-level work, and it is worth checking out. So, mettersmasters.org is the website. Mike Metter is the founder and CEO. Uh, thanks so much for joining us. I appreciate you guys having me. We will take a look, of course, at the Denver Nuggets, who will move on and face the Phoenix Suns. We'll break all that down with our uh, lead writer at My Life Sports and uh, ace mathematician Ryan Blackburn. We'll do that next.